0: Coming up on the Get Lean E Clean Podcast.
1: You want to make sure you're you're tracking different points. Don't get stuck on body weight. Do right. you know the occasional skin fold caliper? Do your weekly progress picks, take measurements because you know the other thing that happens is like people quit, you know, and people quit because their feelings are hurt. And people people's right. feelings are hurt because they feel like they're not making progress. And yeah. so if you see, if you do like a weigh-in sheet and you see that, you know, your weight has has been stagnant for weeks, but then you look on the next tab on your Excel and that's your like that's where you put your progress picks. You're like, damn man, like look my 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 belly fat's a little bit less this week. Or like, you know, I got I may not have lost anything or I lost the pound, but like it's obvious that my
0: face is thinner this week. So I need to I need to celebrate those wins. Hello, and welcome to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. I'm Brian Grin, and I'm here to give you actionable tips to get your body back to what it once was 5, 10, even 15 years ago. Each week, I'll give you an in-depth interview with a health expert from around the world to cut through the fluff and get you long-term sustainable results. This week, I interviewed Danny Vega. He's an expert in strength, conditioning, and performance. His passions include ketogenic and carnivore dieting, strength and conditioning, stoicism, and raising his sons, Dean and Desmond. In this interview, we discuss his journey into health and wellness, his typical eating and fasting routine, the importance of having a sound sleep routine, ways to overcome snacking, also his morning ritual, and his one tip to get your body back to what it once was. I really enjoyed my interview with Danny. I know you will too. And thanks so much for listening and enjoy the show. All right. Welcome to the get lean, E clean podcast. My name is Brian Grin and I have Danny Vega on, uh, online coach. We'll talk all about that. And you have a fat fueled family website, blog and podcast, and you got a new podcast coming out next year. So we'll hit on all that. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, so I figured, I know, obviously you come on a lot of podcasts, you talk about keto and we'll definitely talk about keto and I love what you do with your kids. Uh, how old are your kids now? Um, it's my, my youngest is six
1: and my oldest is nine. Actually, right before I got on this podcast, we were looking at a D- DIY paper mache and cardboard uh, Captain America oh. shield. So I think we're going to do that after I get off with you. <laughs> nice.
0: I'll have to take some tips because I'm actually expecting a boy.
1: Oh, uh, is this your first child?
0: Yes. Yeah, All true. right, man. <laughs> Very good. Cool. Very cool. End of June. End of June. So.
1: Yeah, that's, I'm telling you, there's nothing like having a kid. It, it makes you the best version of yourself, the most um, selfless, um, just hardest working
0: version of yourself, man. It's, it's, it's a blessing. Yeah, very excited. And uh, I mean, I have, well, I have two dogs now. So maybe those were, there's some preparation. There. <laughs> they are,
1: especially the crate training, I mean, and all that. But the funny thing is you can't, you can't spray your kid in the face with water at night. That's the only thing when they when they're making noise, you can't it. You, you can't smack them with the newspaper either. I don't think that's a good thing. No. Yeah. No.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. Right. Exactly. No collars. Things like that. We don't do that. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I'm excited to, to talk about. Well, why don't we get into for people that don't know who you are? Maybe tell me like your, your journey into health. I know you. Um, you've been big in the keto and the weightlifting arena, um, just with some of your numbers I wrote down, but maybe tell me before that, uh, how you got into it and, um, and where you're at right now. Well, man, I, I always
1: was into uh, for as far back as I can remember, I even have to this day, I have like this paper that I did when I was five and it said, you know, what my name is, my favorite foods. And it said, when I grow up, I want to be a, and I put strong man (laughs) i didn't even know you know what what the occupation was but just a strong man uh so i've always been into it like even like when i was i was in after school care my whole life you know two working parents and um you know the guy who took care of us was a bodybuilder and i you know the other kids were probably playing hide and go seek and you know i was with him you know trying to do pull-ups you know in the playground you know so i've always been into it Um, in college, uh, I played college football and my strength and conditioning coach was a huge influence on me. Um, and you know, that's what kind of really made me think, you know, why, why not try to do this myself? You know, it's what I've always wanted to do when I was in high school. I thought maybe I'll own a gym someday. And, um, so that's what I did. I got my master's at UF and, uh, walked into the the football weight room, didn't know anybody there. And I just, walked up to the head strength coach. And I said, Look, um, I played college football, I just want to learn. Um, I'll do anything, I'll be a fly on the wall, I'll, I'll mop, I'll do anything. And, and he gave me that chance. And, you know, a year, almost a year later, I had worked my way up to, to getting a promotion and being moved to the basketball facility, where now I was designing programs for the actual team. So I did, mm. I designed the programs and and took them through the workouts, it was uh, men's and women's tennis and men's and women's golf. And that was my first real, like, um, what year was this This was 2005. So I got into, I started at UF in 2004 in June of 2004, because I started, uh, a little bit early because I did this along with my masters. I, I wanted to see, I wanted to get like some business knowledge. Mm-hmm. So I found out with my advisor that I could do a minor in management in my grad school, which was kind of weird. I didn't know that you could do that, but I did. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, so yeah, like I said, a year later, was was getting paid was was working with assisting with men's and women's basketball, but really running the workouts for these other sports. And um, then, you know, we had that fantastic year, it was really like, I think it was like 366 days, we won three national championships, because we won two uh, football championships and a a basketball championship uh, within like right, right around a year of each other. Um, And, and, you know, of course, opportunities opened up there and our assistant head coach got offered the job at BCU. Hmm. And um, he, he called me on a Sunday. I kind of knew it was coming because my mentor who was the, the the head strength coach for basketball told me, and he's like, he's, I, 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 I talked you up, man. I told him that you're, you're the guy and uh he said you know what do you think about virginia and I, you know i had never been to virginia but i said i loved it
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
1: that's what led me to you know i did my i had my career in strength and conditioning you know great great years at vcu mm-hmm. um where i am now um it's like it's a it's a different thing you know it's a different platform for me because i i definitely am always continually learning about Strength and conditioning, and and new methods and new wacky diets. There's this there's this one that I just came across called the uh, the croissant diet. Have you heard about that one? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just I, I you know I had just heard about it. So that one's interesting. I don't know why you got to eat croissants as your starch, but you know yeah, why can't yeah. it be like a a sweet potato or or something that's not you know with wheat? But um, so I'm always open-minded with stuff. But you know now I have this other side that's focused on you know, becoming a better father, becoming a better leader. I feel like, especially after this year, I think a lot of men are leading these quiet lives of desperation. And they're not, um, they're either folding, or they're, they're angry, and they don't know why. And I think, I think it's because they need to work on some self development, you know, they, people don't spend time on personal development. So I'm, I'm a lot of my content, uh, now is also focused on personal development, becoming a better person, a better father, a better husband. Um, I'm a Christian. I'm very, have very strong beliefs when it comes to that as well. And I do believe that, you know, everything that has been given to me, the platform that I've been given, it it doesn't really have anything to do with me. And so if I make it about me, it's, it's just going to go away, you know? So, um, this year, um, I'm going to be even more kind of doubling down on that um sorry about that um and 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 that's basically it man so i i love strength and conditioning i love nutrition but just like the pillars of fat field family which is nutrition fitness education uh parenting and mindset those are all the things that i'm really passionate about and you can catch me reading a book on any of those subjects at any given time
0: yeah no i noticed that with your with your website i like that um, education, mindset, nutrition, fitness, routine, and peaceful parenting. And I love how you implement your kids with everything that you do. Uh, I think that obviously more parents should look to do that. Right. Cause you know, they lead by so, yeah. lead by example. Um, let's talk, we'll get into that. Let's talk a little bit about like, you know, your, your journey into keto. I know that's what you're probably most prominent for, uh, you know, from like maybe more of a carb-based diet into keto And, and where's that at? And where are you at right now with that? Well, I was,
1: I was tracking a lot this year and, um, and not hitting my macros consistently, not hitting my macros for a long time Mm -hmm. because I was, I was stress eating, you know, I was um, just, I really felt like a lot of the habits I had built over the past, let's say 10 years uh had been kind of disintegrating under this um the trials of this year mm-hmm. and it was discouraging and i was like why am i doing this and then i realized like after four months i was like holy crap maybe i was depressed mm-hmm. you know because i've never experienced depression uh my wife has mm-hmm. and um i i i had a hard time the very thing that i speak about this almost every day like you know accepting the world as it is you know accepting things as they are and and not Consi- like consistently trying to fight against the way the world is and, and that I did that so much this year mm. and um, it's I'm not like mad about it because I really learned so much and I feel actually a, a, a positive outlook on it um, but it was it really took me off so all that uh, stress eating because that's a big one for me Mm-hmm. I just said, you know what, I just want to keep it real simple. Um, as far as like the way I eat, it's pretty much mostly carnivore. Um, you know, I, I don't really go out of my way to add carbs. Um, my parents were in town. So last night, we did have some Cuban food and I had some yuca, which is like a starch. Yeah. Um, which is delicious, but I probably have that like a few times a year. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, for the most part, I I I do think that, you know, you can you can do this all without even having like a ton of carbs, uh, in your system. Even, even the way I look at carbs has changed because I've just found this year, I probably experimented more than ever with adding more carbs. And I, I just feel like they really do complicate my life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, because I have just, it's, it's, it's less stable. Like the, the hunger is, I I started to feel hunger again, which I, I haven't really felt like that real hunger in years, you know, Um, and that was making it hard. I was I was trying to create a bigger deficit by using, you know, less calorie dense sources like carbs and protein versus fat. And um, and it wasn't working. You know, it it was like the the, it worked as well as the willpower worked. And then when the willpower went away, like at seven o'clock at night, it would be like, you know, a few rice cakes with, you know, honey and peanut butter you know, at the end of the night. And and it was like, things like that consistently throughout the year. So uh, right now, I'm not tracking, I don't see myself tracking anytime soon. And I just feel like uh, January, this, this is probably going to be the third January in a row that I do uh, meat and bricks, we just we just eat a bunch. And this is kind of what Robert does all the time. Yeah, the keto Uh, bricks, right? Yeah, meat and keto bricks. You know, (laughs) Um, other than that,
0: I mean, what he told say? me he he's like when I had him on he's like yeah I, I have, for lunch I had sardines and keto brick I go ooh I go that's an interesting combination <laughs> Robert um,
1: doesn't care about the combinations like yeah. when he I, I hired him as a coach cuz everybody needs a coach man every right. now and then you want someone else to take care of things for you and in 2017 I wanted to get to to 6% body fat and I had I'd been doing it for 2 months already and I had stalled and I said you know what Robert just take over and he had me eating post-workout. I was eating sardines and fat bombs, <laughs> like wow. sardines and chocolate fat bombs, you know, like There's chocolate combo. And...
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. Well, um, speaking of that, I'm, I'm curious because um, for myself, I used to be, and we'll talk about sort of the plant-based movement as well. Because um, I used to be like, I wasn't a vegetarian. I used to be like a pescatarian. So Mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of fish. Um, but, uh, I used to have like this big green salad in the middle of the day. And, uh, I, I just found that I would, I would have a little even though it was not like refined carbs, you know, per se, but I just felt like this crash after lunch, even from that. Um, and, uh, and I've gotten away from that. I've gotten a little bit more into just very, just a meat based diet. Um, good grass fed grass finished meat, uh, how do you uh, go about like your meals? Do you, do you, I know you're into some fasting. That's a big thing that I'm into as well. Um, what is your fasting and, and feeding windows and how do you go about that?
1: Yeah, I used to, I used to be, um, a lot more like, Hey, just kind of eat when you're hungry. Uh, it ends up, it ended up always being like a, a 16 to 18 hour fast almost mm-hmm. every day, but now, I'm a little bit more intentional with the exception of today because my parents were leaving, so we had an actual breakfast. Mm -hmm. Um, I was talking last night on a Zoom call about stress and how, you know, cortisol in the morning is higher. And and I think that's why a lot of people do so well with the skip breakfast type of fasting because, you know, we like to get things done early in the day. We're really productive with that higher cortisol. Mm -hmm. And, you know, eating like a a, a breakfast for me, it just kind of it puts a big brick wall in front of all of that for me. I'm just like, I don't want to do anything for a while, or I, I, I at least need like a 30 minute break, uh, which to me, it's like you're you're knocking yourself out of that flow state. And um, so I I don't know if I'll ever do the earlier window because mm-hmm. I want to be realistic with myself because I told myself I would, I would try the earlier window, but I think that um, what I could do is be more disciplined with cutting off the feeding window. So even though I can, mm. I can still start it like at an 11 or 12 PM, I would just make it a, a four hour window and maybe stop at four because, um, my sleep it's crazy. Like th- my HRV, cause I, I've been tracking HRV and deep sleep and REM sleep. What for do you, years. what do you use? Cause I,
0: I just got the, the whoop, uh, uh, how do you like the whoop i don't know i haven't gotten it yet it's in the mail oh okay okay i mean i just think the accelerometer
1: on the on the aura is is the the best or or the gyroscope or whatever the um it's just kind of from what i understand the data like it's it's the best but maybe maybe that that whoop one um i'll let you know on the wrist is is good yeah i i just i love my i love my aura i mean i haven't had any issues and i and i actually have had the same aura ring since 2017 which i think is is pretty darn good you know people usually have to get them replaced and stuff and um but what i found was like this year my hrv tanked for the whole year like it's like my hrv my deep sleep even my total sleep like i used to sleep like right around on a good night maybe six and a half between six and a half and seven hours and on a regular night between six and six and a half hours Mm -hmm. because even before when i um before i started a ketogenic diet i would sleep about seven hours and i seven and a half hours maybe and i noticed right off the bat when i started a ketogenic diet i cut off about half an hour to an hour from my sleep uh it just i woke up earlier. And I don't know if it's just that tiny little bit of bump in cortisol um, from being on a ketogenic diet that, that did that. But I never, I never had issues with it. I, I was always rested. Mm-hmm. But this year, it was like it, it, it got down to some, some periods as, as long as months almost where I would be sleeping between you know four and five hours. And this is something that I've argued against for years. Like, hey guys, take care of your sleep. Don't worry about anything else. Take care of right. your sleep first. Um, But it was just, I don't know, I think it's just really, really high stress levels. Um, Again, all the stuff I talked about before. So um, now I'm just really trying to focus on getting myself back on a good schedule. Um, You know, my my last night, again, uh, I I, I didn't get to bed till 11, because my parents were here. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was going to give myself one more week to transition between like the, the 630 wake ups that I've been having, which have been beautiful, Mm -hmm. um, and my regular 430. Uh, but my my wife is crazy like me, and her her alarm she didn't she didn't change her her weekday <laughs> alarm back, so she had it at, at uh at 4:30, and so I slept another five and a half hours last night. So um, I feel great though. Um, so yeah, what were we talking about with the sleep? Was that the reason why we brought up the sleep?
0: Yeah, well, we were talking with the you I you mentioned your HRV. Um,
1: Oh, because of, like, all the, the stress and stuff from this year? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's why I went on that tangent. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but, yeah. All right, Danny. We had a little audio issue here, but uh, back up. Um, let's perhaps talk about what would you say – I know you were talking about, you know you know, stress eating, and I think that's a topic that is worth talking about because I think it's an issue that a lot of people have – um, especially this past year, we're at the end of 2020. And it's been, you know, definitely a difficult year for a lot of people. What tips would you give people as far as o- overcoming that um, stress eating and, and sort of how to get out of that, uh, that rut?
1: I think, you know, mindful eating is, is is a major, you know, component And and, and mindful eating, what it is, is it's not, it's not you're not giving yourself permission or not giving yourself permission to eat. You're just, you're just trying to figure out why you think now is the time that you need to eat. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, a lot of the time when I stress eat, it's, it's usually at night and I'm like, I've eaten my, my last meal and, uh, it's just kind of like anxiety, whatever it is. And it's this, this mindless, you know, kind of thing that where I go to the pantry and I, you know, pick up whatever, whatever it is that I have there, and, and I just start eating it. And so I think that, you know, you, you have to think about all the all the, the reasons why we'd want to eat like our is this actual hunger? No. And that's okay if it's not actual hunger. Sometimes, you know, sometimes we eat something because it's delicious. Like, you know, my mom made my delicious, her, her, my favorite recipe that she makes and, and she left it for me. And, and, you know, I'm not hungry, but I just want to eat a piece of that pie right now or whatever it is, you know, and, and that's fine, you know, because food is fuel, but at the same time, we can't deny that food can also bring us a little bit of joy because of, you know, maybe we associate it with, you know, our childhood or, you know, whatever it is. Um, then we can look at other things, like a lot of people tend to think, well, it's lunchtime. Actually, I think I need to eat lunch. Um but is it is it really important to eat lunch right now? are you really hungry? Mm-hmm. Um and I, I did mention the fact that um, that I used to be all about being relying on hunger, but I also I also personally like to try to stick within a, a, a similar time frame of my meals. Because, you know, circadian rhythms are not only set by by light, they're they're set by our feeding times. And so if we can have predictability with with the light, uh, you know, making sure that we're not getting a bunch of blue light at night, making sure that we're getting really bright light in the morning, and then we also have a pretty regular eating schedule, that's going to help us, you know, our bodies, we're going to be more rested, we're going to burn more fat. Um, But now, um, mindful eating is just where you're just asking yourself a few questions, like you know, why is it? Do I think that I I need to eat right now? And um, you know, chances are if you're honest with yourself, you you can kind of find out, like oh, oh, I just wasn't thinking. You know, a lot of the time when with me this year, what ended up happening is became a habit. Mm-hmm. You know, it became a habit where you know, especially I was doing a cut. What a joke! I was doing a cut. Um, <laughs> and the, the last, I, 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 looked better a month out than I did at the end of the cut because the last month I was just so stressed that I was, I was just trying not to gain weight. You know, mm. I was consistently going over my, my macros, like three, 400, sometimes 500 calories or more sometimes. Um, and so I, I think that's, that's where it starts. Uh, I don't think we need to come at it with, uh, with an attitude of, of restriction because Right. you know, we're, we're going to be fighting ourselves. And so, um, you got to give yourself grace. Um, but, but at some point you have to decide what's, what's really important. Like this one little, whatever it is, is it really going to bring you the joy or or whatever it is that you think you're going to get out of it? Or are you still going to feel just fine? Not eating that wake up tomorrow and and probably feel much better tomorrow than you would have, uh, and and maybe physically and maybe physically, but it's probably going to be mentally more than anything. Um, when we say no, we get stronger at saying no, and when we say yes, we get weaker at saying no. And so, like that, if, if that's that alone, could be something that you say. Look, just say no to yourself this time, because the minute you open it up to to do something where it's kind of like you're quitting it makes it so much easier to quit next time and then you become habitual Mm -hmm. and like I said when it becomes a habit you you don't even you're like my wife always says like she's like she's like you know you you don't think sometimes you'll just eat a whole block of cheese or something and you'll be like what happened how long was I out you know like you know you didn't even notice
0: (laughs) yeah right yeah Yeah. I mean I'll tell you what's gotten me in good habits is is Cause I'm sort of, I could be, this could have been the same way. Some, uh, as far as eating, like after you're done eating, you want to sort of close the kitchen. I always like pick a time that I want to cut off and be done. And a lot of times what I'll do is I'll go for a walk or, uh, you know, some type of distraction, even just like a, a hot tea or something, maybe yeah. like a peppermint tea or something, you know, something that I'll just sort of quench that, you know, maybe you want to have that snack, but you you know, you know what, maybe just make some tea and you'll realize after you're done drinking that cup of tea that like you really weren't hungry.
1: <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Rhonda Patrick uh, shared a, a study recently um, about just how hard it is to remove thoughts from your brain. You know, you can't remove a thought, so you got to replace it with a different thought. Mm. And so, um, you know, what what you're doing is you're replacing these things with with different thoughts, different habits. Right. And so maybe at first it it does have to be something where you have like some sort of, Kind of hand holding with yourself, where you're like, okay, what am I doing? what What's my what's my strategy for when this happens? The first thing, of course, is pay attention. Um, if you're not paying attention, you're gonna be, oh crap! Here I go again. I did it again. You know, all of a sudden, you know, I ate all of it. <laughs> Wait, how did that happen? You know. Right. Um. So, uh, you know, if, if you can, if you can say, look, I, I, you know, I really want this. I really want to eat this. But you know what, I'm going to do this instead. Because instead of giving into uh, a a desire that's that's temporary, I'm going to be building towards something that actually helps me in the long run. um, And that's going to bring me a different type of satisfaction that's deeper.
0: Right. That's part of the reason why I like fasting. Uh, Yeah,
1: that too, (laughs) you give yourself more leeway.
0: Yeah. Like just, just the, the mere fact of abstaining from food for a while, not only lets your body heal, but like, it just puts you in this position of power and control as opposed to a, a lot of times with people, um, they're controlled by their hunger cues or by certain foods. And, um, you know, it's not, I'm not saying, you know, it's not a black and white thing and it's not that easy. Some people have never done any type of fasting, but you can ease your way into it. And you'll start to realize that these hunger pains, they come and go. And, uh, and eventually, like you talked about, you sort of start having eating mindfully. And uh, especially if you're only having one meal a day or two meals a day, you want to really make sure that you have a good nutrient dense meal.
1: Yeah. And, and um, what did you say about the, uh, you said something about the fasting that I thought was really, really good. Um, you're in a position of control um and easing into it right i totally forgot what it was but either way i think i think you're right about that like oh oh the hunger pangs you mentioned hunger pangs, and i wanted to i wanted to talk about that because like people feel hunger pangs when they're doing like an extended fast or maybe if they're doing like a maybe like their first 16 or 18 hour fast maybe they they are coming from a higher carb diet and they might feel a little bit of hypoglycemia but like, for the most part, like, they're not even hunger pangs. They're just like cravings, you know, right. they're not real hunger. Right. And so one thing that you can also ask yourself, Danny, I'm going to say Danny, just because I have been doing it. Um, it's been like a good couple of weeks that I've been kind of solid. But um, but yeah, just one of the things that you can do is, is just be like, are you are you hungry? Is this hunger or cravings? you know, just kind of ask yourself that that's a that's a good way to to kind of get around it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And maybe instead of get, when you get that hunger, because I remember back years ago, I used to just grab like some a bar, or you know, I remember I think I, I think I overdosed on kind bars at one point in my life. Oh, man, <laughs> the kind bars. I don't I don't eat them anymore. And, and I actually, a veggie
1: friendly bar. Yeah, <laughs> the vegetarians love it. I have I had a vegetarian friend who I used to work with, uh, at the, that when I was a medical device rep and, and she, whenever we were at the office, like doing stuff at the home office, they would have a ton of kind bars and she Mm -hmm. would just be grabbing them and taking them home. Oh, Those things could be
0: addicting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I remember I used to get like these inkling of hunger and I would just grab for some type of bar. And, you know, I think what's good is first just have a glass of water. I think like a, a lot of times you're dehydrated. Um, maybe put some sea salt in there, get some electrolytes and, you know, minerals and things like that. Um, what, um, what's your muscle building program right now for you and, and for your clients? Um, I I've gone through a bit of a transition for myself. I've been doing traditional lifting for like over 20 years. Um, but I'm curious to know what, what's your weekly routine like as far as, um, lifting.
1: Yeah, I've, I've gone through a, pretty big transition in the last three years because you know I went from being you you know more of an athlete type of training so more focused on power uh efficiency you know moving with force moving with with violence and speed and all that Mm -hmm. uh to to you know learning a lot from my buddy Ben who you know really taught me a lot about building muscle you know as as an end-all be-all um, where I was always focused on building muscle, but really I was focused more than anything on building strength and power and speed. Right. So, um, so that was a big transition because whereas before, you know, I had you know deadlifted seven hundred on stage on on you know on a powerlifting stage, uh, you know, one of the fir- I think the first workout that I ever did with Ben, we were doing um, deadlifts with five hundred pounds and we were doing five second negatives, and it was the most terrible thing I had ever done. I had never done a slow negative on a deadlift before I would always drop the weight. That sounds and so, painful. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's a lot more now. It's a lot more focused on trying to become as inefficient as possible. So I, I focus on, um, quality over quantity for sure. Efficient and that goes as possible. For, Efficient. Uh-huh. It, actually inefficient. For, inefficient. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Inefficient. Because what I want is I want to create like a longer, a longer lever, for example. So you know, let's say if I'm doing, you know, a lateral raise, you know, okay. your, your typical person, if they're just kind of mindlessly doing a lateral raise, they're just going to lift it up. Now, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to create length, I'm trying to lengthen that lever out as long as possible. So I'll, I'll focus on instead of just bringing it up, I'm trying to reach out as much as possible. And I'm trying to create distance. And so yeah. I focus now a lot more on what is the function of the muscle and how does my anatomy work? Because we all have like slight variations in our anatomy. So if I understand that my origin or my insertion of my pec, you know, my, my, my pec's job is to, is to bring the, the origin to the insertion, you know, connect it. That's, that's what the, when it contracts, that, that's what it's supposed to do. Then I can kind of, I can do different angles and I can see the fibers, how they move. And then I can, I can kind of design exercises that, that work perfectly for that. And that's important because you may see people online telling you like, this is the best glute builder, or this is the best quad builder. And that's just not accurate because it may be the best quad builder for a group of people, but it may be terrible for another group of people. Like you, you, you're you not accounting for the length of the person's femurs. You're not accounting for you know any of these anatomical differences. So I'm a big believer in what um, Ben says, SSI. So it's basically set up for your anatomy. Um, the first thing is whatever exercise you're doing, you set up for it, um, for yourself, you know, kind of customize for yourself. So like, so like for me, I won't really go higher than 30 degrees on, a, on an incline for my incline bench. Cause I know that for me, it works best 30 degrees, 45 too much, hmm. um, then stabilize. You want to make sure that the joint, the joint or joints connected to the muscle that you're trying to really contract are as stable as possible. If something's moving then you're not contracting that muscle to the best of its ability. And then the last thing is the eye, which is initiating the movement the right way. And so what that does is it gives you the best possible muscle contraction at every length of the contraction. You know, all of us, I think when we when we learn how our muscles work, how our bodies work, we, we know how to contract our muscles in the shortened position. Everybody knows how to flex their bicep, flex their quad, you know, flex their calf. Um, But how do I flex my bicep when my arms straight, Mm. you know, and those little things, learning those little things and learning how to execute exercises properly with the idea of um, muscle contraction being the number one goal is actually what has allowed me at 39, um, you know, with testosterone probably dropping a little bit by this age um with just everything else being a family man owning two businesses you know um all these things um they 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 kind of wear on you and I I look at videos even from 2017 I'm like man it's I don't know if I could do that volume I used to do (laughs) I don't know and uh but I can get a lot of quality just even with much less volume Mm -hmm. because of my execution and so what I've what I've been focusing on since after we had our first fitness retreat which was which came out awesome in october um i can't believe we got it done you know in, in oh. this year of all years we were in the hard rock riviera maya in tulum mexico it was it was a blast um after that i you know my wife joked around and said you know your, your your arms are too big you need to work on your shoulders and uh i you know i said shut up but but <laughs> you know she was right she yeah. was right though I, I was like i wanted to focus on my shoulders so i I've written so many programs for people. I love writing programs. Program design is like one of my favorite things to do. Mm. And so I decided, you know what? I've never really created a program for myself that that specifically aimed at bringing up one muscle, one one body part. And so I created this uh, shoulder and lat kind of focused program. It was based on a 14-day rotation where I looked at all of the muscles that that were like the main priorities, and I and I listed them, you know, in order of priority. And then, then I said to myself, how many times do I want to train each of these muscles? And it turned out that I, 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 I felt like I could train in a 14 day period. If I did it right, I could train my shoulders five times. Mm. Um, because I would be able to do three of those days were actual shoulder focused days, but two of them were like, you know, the shoulders were were just some ancillary exercises like to get a little bit more volume. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I did it. What'd you say?
0: No, I was just gonna say it's it's interesting. I like talking to people who've been lifting for a while, uh like myself, because you always gotta try to find ways to sort of uh keep keep you stimulated, I guess. And yeah, yeah.
1: And, and mix it up. You, you know, yeah. Everybody gets bored, man. Everybody gets bored. And like that's why I think some people like I I'm I, I don't care I have I've had clients who have who have hired me just to learn what I'm doing with my clients so they could do it with their clients yeah. and I don't mind that one bit you know like I think that I wrote an article I think my I think it was my first online article that I wrote in 2006 it came out in um you remember I think it's still out there is a uh, elite FTS that's that website mm-hmm. still, still I up believe there. so yeah yeah, and if you if you search for it, it's called No Ideas Original, uh, and it was about my first year in, as a strength and conditioning coach, and and I talked about how, you know, in strength and conditioning, we we all we all steal from each other, and it's cool, it's yeah. totally cool. Like, we steal from each other as long as you're giving people credit. You know, if you're if you're if you're you know creating a program that it's it's like heavily based on conjugate, you better just mention. Louis Simmons, you know, you can't you can't not give homage to, to Louis Simmons, which right. by the way, I have a lot of his, even though I don't really train that way much at all lately. Um, for whew, for almost a decade, I have his all his articles bound, printed and bound in, in my closet here. Um, but yeah, so I, I once I did this, this shoulder one, and I and I found that it was really, really working well, as a thought exercise, I, I said, what would what would it look like if I created one for chest Uh, And I actually had one of my clients who wanted to build his chest and his quads a little bit. So Mm. I created a chest and quads one, and then I did a glute focused one. And then I did a um, an arms focused one. And it was just really fun because, you know, what you want to do is the threading that needle is keeping the volume with everything else adequate to kind of maintain that muscle, but not too high. So that you're burnt out. You know, mm-hmm. I think what most people do, they, they think more is better. Um, it's like that. Uh, what's the, uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect? You know what that is? When you, when you learn a little bit about something, you kind of think you know all about it. And then when you learn, the more you learn, the more you realize how little you know. <laughs> and so most people like they kind of get the gist of like, you know, weightlifting and stuff. And, and maybe there's someone who says, you know, I want to do my first triathlon but I don't want to lose my muscle, So I'm going to keep doing my bodybuilding program. And then I'm going to incorporate the cardio stuff from the triathlon program. And then three months later, they're wrecked in some way or another, either, you know, a a chronic injury or a devastating injury. And um, that's why like, it's important, especially if you're going to be mixing like, you know, like concurrent training, like strength training with, uh, with endurance, it's important to find, you know, a good coach that can, that can create a program, that accounts for everything because I guarantee you if you're working with your powerlifting coach and you know he's got you on a powerlifting program and then you you bought some online program to get you ready for your first half marathon and you know you throw that in and you're not really telling your 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 powerlifting coach your powerlifting coach is not going to like that because when he wrote that program he didn't think that you were going to be riding, running nine mile runs
0: on Saturdays, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> so. uh, a, a, theme that's come up, I've interviewed um, Brad Kearns and um, oh, I, I love just, Brad. Yeah. Yeah. Brad and, and Dr. Ted Naaman And oh, yeah. uh, you know, these micro workouts um, that keep coming up in these interviews where like, I think the old school approach would be like, let's just burn out um, and just be sore for days but really, you don't need to do that to get effective results. Uh, get that stimulus. Yeah, you just need a little bit of stimulus. Yeah, a little bit of stimulus. And, you know, uh, I've actually been using, Robert just interviewed uh, Dr. Jaquish, uh, the X3 bar. Oh, the X3 bar, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and like I've always just done traditional lifting my whole life. And I started doing it over the quarantine because um, I just wanted something that I could do at home more. And gosh, like I just had a DEXA scan. I just did a podcast on this where I just talked about it because not that I want to sit and talk about myself, but I thought it was cool results. You know, yeah. I got, I put on like five pounds of muscle, um, just from doing that. So I've just from uh, doing the X bar, X yeah. three bar. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, it, well, I, I say it in, I say it's a combination of that and then implementing quality protein really helped yeah. me as well. Cause I wasn't, I don't feel, I think my body wasn't getting enough protein, for how active I was for a while and I think adding in the quality meats um and then yeah and then the extra like my my legs my glutes like anyways yeah well I I
1: uh I I've I've been um this is one that I've been wrestling with for almost a month now because I like 2021 is very very important to me Mm -hmm. Um, I know it's just another calendar day on the calendar when January 1st comes, but you know, I have a lot of big goals and, you know, I still haven't done, I got a few more days to do, um, finish up my, my yearly review and my planning for next year. Mm -hmm. Um, and hopefully I'll be done with that by the 30th, but one of the big holdups for me has been this internal battle that I've been having, uh, because I, I stopped training jujitsu Hmm. Like probably March of of this year, I I started in December of 2018, um, and and I was getting into a rhythm. I was I was learning from specifically from someone that was helping me take my game to another level, who was a black belt and who who was awesome. similar to me because he's big, you know. Right. And 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 anybody who does jujitsu will tell you that that being big is a huge disadvantage at first because you, you tend to always rely on your strength, right? You know, it's it's what held me back from, you know, ever becoming the biggest Olympic weightlifter, because, you know, I, I, I power cleaned and jerked like 315. Before I learned how to clean and jerk because I was, you know, I was clean and jerking in college, and we were all like muscle, muscle cleaning, you know, muscle cleaning them. Right. And, you know, muscle snatching everything. And I guess that's okay, because, you know, we need those big traps and rhomboids huge and everything anyways mm-hmm. um but it's that strength that was in my way and, and you would look at right. someone like my wife who didn't have that strength and her form was flawless so i um i've had this idea of being capable you know like um it's you know it's why i got the concealed carry it's why i taught my son i recently my, my oldest uh knows how to shoot a shotgun a rifle handgun um he shot like 95 rounds the other day he shot out of 22 a few nine millimeters 22, uh, 22 rifle as well and now my my dad just gave him uh for christmas his 40 year old uh semi-automatic 22 rifle with you know a 30 round magazine mm-hmm. so i want my boys to be capable uh that's why my boys have never stopped jujitsu and to me I, I I want to do jujitsu again, but it's like this this battle between jujitsu and lifting, because mm. lifting brings me joy, and and but does does lifting bring me joy, or is it just because I I know it does bring me joy, but it, is it is it because I just I'm really good at it,
0: you know it's it's pretty much Could even you, though it, there's lots. Yeah, I was just sorry to interrupt you. Uh, but oh no, go ahead. It's okay. Doing both. You know, it's interesting you say jiu because I've been in Muay Thai for a long time. and Oh, I, Muay-, Muay
1: Thai is great, too. I, I, I love, love Muay, Muay Thai. Yeah.
0: So maybe that's what you do. Get to, go do stand-up. Start doing stand-up, and then you can keep lifting. And- <laughs> I did. Well, I did. I, so when I was a strength and conditioning coach,
1: um, there was a Muay Thai school uh, like within walking distance. And I found myself half, halfway through my, my second year there, and I, was, I just started taking a class or two. And then it got to a point where I was taking two classes a day, you know, one in mm. the morning, one at night. And it just was like, just, it got to a point. I remember my shins were so well conditioned. Mm. And then I remember back when I was still not sober, because I've been sober for eight years. One of the last times I got drunk with my friends, we had like a 1am Muay Thai fight, like oh <laughs> me my and God. my buddy, we we're going blow for blow, like, you know, just kicking each other's legs, like, um. And I woke up the next day, and it was just the worst pain ever wow. in my shins, you know. Um, but like what what the problem is is that when you like when you love lifting, like the way I love lifting, you tend to put the new thing and try to work that around your lifting schedule. Mm-hmm. And that that doesn't work well because when it's when it's something where you need to have a, a, a lot of skill acquisition, you're you're gonna right. have to at least do it like three days a week three to four to, days a week
0: right and you have yeah. to sacrifice you one it. yeah
1: yeah you gotta sacrifice one right. and you know if you're telling me that and i and i can almost i can guarantee you i gotta talk to dr jacquish because i know he's like reached out to me a few times and and i really need to talk to him because um i if you're telling me that that's something that um that can preserve some muscle on me. And, 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 you know, if they're short workouts, I, I already have my pull-up bar, my rower, my, um, a bunch of bands. I got uh TRX, um, system. I got some, a few dumbbells in my, and I got a, a slam ball. I got a, a few decent things in the garage already. Um, and then pair that with the fact that crunch, uh, Don't get me wrong. I love I love Crunch because they've been they've been pretty darn good. Like throughout all this stuff, you know, when when we live in Florida and Florida, you know, they say that we're crazy and we're all dying and we're like, ha ha ha, yeah. Mm -hmm. But our gyms have been open since May, and you're not telling the truth. You Mm -hmm. can go ahead and say we're dying. It's what part of Florida? The truth. I live in Tampa. Tampa. I I grew up in Miami, but but we live in Tampa. Okay. Um. And and so now. All of a sudden, I mean, our 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 governors—we call him G. Santis. You know, he's DeSantis, but we call him G. Santis. We think he's a G. Um, he he's like, look, there's no more lockdowns. Stop with this BS. You know, like stop doing this. But the companies are the ones who are really, really continuing to say, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that. So Crunch says now, hey, you guys are going to need to to be wearing a mask into the gym, and then you could take it off when you walk in. And I have a problem with that. I'm not gonna do it. So I said, you know, my I I, I was kind of sick last week. I, I felt like terrible out of nowhere. I felt like I had a fever, um, body aches, and and one of my other guys that I just went hunting with at Roberts Brandon, he was feeling the same thing. And I know it's not COVID because I had it in August. So mm. um you know, I, I I was, I I wasn't able to go to the gym, but my wife went to the gym and she said, if my husband finds out about this, we're going to cancel. He's not going to like this one bit. So you better put something in the file and tell no one to even ask us. So maybe this, maybe this kills like three birds with one stone. Just, I already decided it it was either going to be January or or March. I might, I might just wait till March and then start back up with jujitsu and, and kind of rearrange my, my training schedule.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been good. The X has been. That definitely helped me out, and I only do like, not yeah, like it's just one set. Like I've been able to increase my volume throughout the week and everything. And um, is it is it
1: high intensity training? Yeah. So are you doing like train to failure type stuff?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. His his theory is one set to failure, in different ranges. You start full range, and you slowly do. Yeah, you pretty much just yeah. So, gotcha. I'm curious. Um a couple more things, your morning ritual. I'm a big morning ritual guy. Uh, Maybe give some tips out there. Or or what is your typical morning ritual? uh, Like? I love this. I love
1: this is one of my favorite subjects. Because I think if people can just create a good morning ritual. It's like what I've done by a.m. Right? Yeah, it really is, man. I really my wife used to never understand like why I would wake up at 4am. Back then it was 4am because I was I was a medical device rep for for almost a decade after I got out of strength and conditioning and mm-hmm. then until I quit and came back into it um and like so I wake up this morning it was five you know I already told you that my or 4 30 actually my, my wife it was 4 30 and right. it's kind of like you wake up immediately when I wake up um my my sauna is right next to my bed so I I turn on the sauna go to the bathroom uh wash my face weigh myself um not doing it this week but starting next week I'll get back into doing this which is I I like to te- check my my blood sugar my ketones um and I'll definitely be doing that the first month of January alone at least because I want to I want to just see where my be- my metabolic health is because I haven't been tracking anything um and then I I go straight to um, my I have this big area rug in my living room and this is straight out of Brad's book you know Brad was uh, has been talking about his his morning like little movement series that he does, mm-hmm. and I I've taken a lot of the ones that that he does and um, and incorporated them uh, and then kind of brought in some of my own. It, it's about ten minutes of dynamic warm up type stuff, mm-hmm. um, and I'm the whole time I'm listening to. Uh, This really good YouTube station called Stream. all it does is it plays me like Bible verses. And so it's kind of like affirmations, but with Bible verses. And so when I'm done with that, by then, the, the, um, and the, and I also have to brew the coffee, very important, unless my, until my wife uh, beats me to it, which, you know, I try not to let her beat me to it, because then she's like, you didn't brew the coffee, I had to brew it. Um, (laughs) So I try to brew the coffee, because I've been brewing her coffee for years. And then I go straight to the sauna, 20 minutes in the sauna. I'm doing guided meditation, guided prayers, um, and just kind of chilling out in the sauna. Mm -hmm. Then from the sauna directly to the shower, walk to the shower, take a a cold shower for about a minute. Mm -hmm. And that alone, that's before I even get into my planning and all that stuff. That alone, that takes about 40 minutes. That alone will have you feeling like a million bucks. You know, you got some blood flow, you loosened up your back, you know, you stretch your hip flexors out a little bit, all those things. And then um, then the next thing is I I I usually spend about two hours uh, planning my week on Sundays. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, with the nature of our business, like you have people booking consults all the time and then you got to wake up that morning and see like if there's anybody new on the schedule Mm -hmm. who put themselves on your calendar. Um, and that's, then just kind of like, what'd you say?
0: I was just gonna say, that's a, that's a great morning routine. Um, yeah. it, it really sets up the rest of your day, you know, yeah. um, you got, you got a sweat in, you took, did some, you know, cold thermogenesis, you know, a little cold therapy, uh, a little meditation. Um, what else did you say? Uh, Another,
1: oh, m- and some more movement. hormesis from the, yeah, more hormesis from the, from the heat, from the sauna too.
0: Right. Right. And yeah. just,
1: you know, sauna, so on, uh, on top of all the, you've probably seen all the stuff from Yuri Loken in the, um, the finish, he's a cardiologist and a PhD, and he's done two major studies. The, the first one was, was mainly focused on cardiac uh, outcomes. And then the second one was, was based on brain, you know, and, and Alzheimer's and, and, and cognitive stuff. And mm-hmm. look, Those two things alone, the fact that you you'll live longer and and they've even with, you know, normalizing and and kind of standardizing for different um, uh, lifestyles, sauna helps you live longer. And so I actually told my dad before he left us today, like you need to this is the routine that I want you to do. And I had I kind of walked him through his
0: routine that I wanted to do. Um, (laughs) How about you got to get yourself a cold plunge like Brad has. You got to get yourself a a tub. I want to. Yeah, I I want to, man. Do you I, have still, one? I, I don't I'm going I'm moving soon and I'm going to get one because I, I am I, I am putting a sauna in there infrared sauna and I want to yeah. get you know um a cold tub so I will be getting one but I for right now I just fill up uh a regular tub and it mm-hmm. usually gets you know pretty you know well Chicago I'm in Chicago so we have cold winters and the Oof. yeah so but um the, right there alone just jumping in the cold right away I mean who needs coffee right <laughs> yeah exactly
1: man exactly people don't understand like just how and 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 mike made a really good point mike mutzel um because you know we were all hunting together we didn't know he didn't know he had covid we didn't know he had covid Mm. neither of us cared by the way because we just none of us are really um concerned for ourselves you know we're concerned for others if we if we're walking around and not knowing and that's why when i got covid i you know i self-isolated not just 10 days from from my first um, symptom, I, I isolated ten days from my positive test, uh, just because I was, you know, I, I was afraid that you know I would spread it to someone. But Mike says that the re- another reason why these these little biohacks are great is because they provide us with feedback. And one of the the first things he noticed before he even knew he had COVID at at the at the time he started to get some sniffles and he thought it was a cold was just how impossible it was to do his, his cold plunge, mm. you know, like it was just almost impossible, his body couldn't handle it. And he also couldn't um, hold his breath for for more than 30 seconds doing his uh, Wim Hof stuff. Right. And so that's another thing that we can use these things for as, as some biofeedback to let us know how things are going on top of of course, the HRV, like, uh, as far as, um, you know, the HRV stuff, like I, I noticed, when my temperature was up, you know, this last week, I was able to see. Um, the I went up as high as 104 on the on the worst day, um, and and I and I will be able to see that every night, which is which is really helpful, man. You know, it's really good to to have all these little feedback and 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 I think people should understand. Like one of the reasons why we do these experiments is also because of what we learn about our bodies, mm-hmm. and then we can say, oh, so when this happens. Maybe I shouldn't do that, you know, that hit workout that day. You know, maybe I should do something more like
0: some walking or a light row or something like that. So yeah, right, because recovery is just as important is as important as the workout itself. You know, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I wanted to ask. I I asked this question to all my guests as sort of a closing <laughs> question. What what would be uh what would be a tip you'd give someone? You know, maybe in their mid forties and fifties, middle aged and and they're just, you know, they want to get their body back to what it was maybe 5, 10, 15 years ago. What would be a, one tip you'd give them?
1: I would say, ask yourself how far you're willing to go. Like, like start thinking of all the, the, the situations that, that you think that, that may happen. You know, would you, be, would you be willing to say no to that, that social engagement because it's not going to be conducive? Um, and would you be willing to do that consistently? For a while, because if it's taken you, let's say, five, 10 years um, to get to where you are, you know, th- this is going to be a long haul. This is going to be something that it's, it's going to be long and it's and it's going to feel at times, especially if you're doing it right and you're training hard and you're you're staying f- focused. It's going to feel like it's taken too long and it and it's and it should end. And, and, and you know, I'm sick of it. And when am I and when is this going to happen? And that's when you need to think of, like, focus on the daily tasks the Mm -hmm. daily you know um the daily process because you know one of the reasons why i love stoicism is one of the aspects of stoicism is they talk about your will and your will is not like your will to say no to things it's your will to keep going it's your will to to say i'm going to continue to do what i think is the right thing and what i think is the best course with no regard to when it's going to end, when I'm going to hit that goal. Um, And even before that, I would back up and say, you have to make a a true decision. Like you have to make a real decision because a lot of people say, you know, I want my body back, but it's not, it's really just emotion. You know, it's, it's not like you got to put thought into it. You got to like, make it as ugly as it's going to be like, say like, look, it's going to, think of like the worst parts of it, and then ask yourself, are you willing to do that? And if you are, then I think you're 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 on a a much better start, like, you have to understand, like, you know, if you want your best body, maybe it takes a little bit longer, because maybe you also have been a crappy husband, because you've been focusing on your career, and your your relationships have suffered and your body has suffered. So maybe you're gonna have to split those, because you don't want to also uh let that relationship get any worse you want to work on both of those you know so yeah those that's that's a really good one man especially at that age just understanding like certain things like you know getting your digestion in check you know you have to look at it from every angle like make sure that you might need a digestive enzyme for a while because you're not assimilating your food and you'd be surprised you know how how well just taking a good digestive enzyme makes you feel your energy's better, you know, you're absorbing the food better, you may not be as hungry, you may find that you you don't need to eat as much because you're actually taking what you're eating and and assimilating it better.
0: No, I like that. I mean, there, you know, like you mentioned, focus on the process, right? And I think people can get overwhelmed. But if you sort of take it day by day, just do a little bit every day, you know, then eventually, obviously, if it if it if it 10 years, you've been, let's say not where you want to be. It's going to take, like you mentioned, it's going to take time. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, but if you focus on the process, maybe get yourself a coach like Danny, uh, like you said, (laughs) and and I will say one thing. Yeah.
1: One more thing you want to, you want to be, you want to make sure you're, you're tracking different points. Don't get stuck on body weight. Do, you know, the occasional skinfold caliper, do your weekly progress picks, take measurements because You know, the other thing that happens is like people quit, you know, and people quit because their feelings are hurt and people's feelings are hurt because they feel like they're not making progress. And so if you see if you do like a weigh in sheet and you see that, you know, your weight has has been stagnant for weeks, but then you look on the next tab on your Excel. And that's your like, that's where you put your progress picks. You're like, damn, man, like, look, my, my, my belly fat's a little bit less this week. Or like, you know, I got, I may not have lost anything or I lost the pound, but like, it's obvious that my face is thinner this week. So I need to, I need to celebrate
0: those wins. Yeah. Celebrate the small wins. And like you said, tracking it is important because like I did that DEXA scan, which gives you more than just body fat. Best. Yeah. yeah. More than just body fat percentage and and like bone mass, but you know, it also gave me, you know, how much muscle I put on, how much fat I lost. And like, I put on three pounds. So if someone that didn't get a DEX again, like, I, they look at that, be like, Oh, you put on three pounds, but, but yeah, but I put on five pounds of muscle and lost two pounds of fat. So oh, it's like, Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good.
1: Body comp changes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah uh, let me tell you, I had, I had, when I did the thing with Robert, this was, this was crazy. I did with DEXA too. I started at 11.4. Okay. My last one, I quit at 6.5. I was like, wow. you know what? 6.5 is 6.5. That's great. But dude, I had lost 14 pounds.
0: Of fat. Only 14, well, 14 pounds. Just 14 and, pounds in general, right? Yeah. Your body fat and I my, down. my body fat in half.
1: Right. Because I had that that massive swing. Like I, I lost a ton of fat, but then right. I also gained some lean mass, which let's say it said that I had gained like six pounds of lean mass over a four month period. Wow. Uh, that that translates probably into like, a, a pound of muscle, you know, because it's water, it's it's connective tissue, it's other stuff. Mm. Um, so but still, like I was able to put a pound of muscle on in a deficit, right? It's not supposed to happen.
0: Right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's what happens a lot of the time with these higher protein diets, you know, they're, they're really good at sparing muscle even yeah. when you're in a deficit.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. So you want to make sure you sort of look at everything, not just don't just weigh yourself. I think it's good to do something, like, especially in the beginning of the year coming up. Um,
1: Diversify what you're tracking so you're not discouraged for sure.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um, well, this was great. We could obviously talk for a long time, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll leave it with that. We got a lot of good information. Um, Danny, people can find you uh, your website, right? Is that fat? Yeah, so we
1: got the yeah. yeah. fatfueled.family. dot family. That's where the podcast is. And then if, if you want to catch me on Instagram, it's Danny MS.
0: Yes. Perfect. All right, Danny, keep up the good work. Um, thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me, brother.
0: Yep. Thanks for listening to the get lean, eat clean podcast. I understand there are millions of other podcasts out there and you've chosen to listen to mine and I appreciate that check out the show notes at BrianGrin.com for everything that was mentioned in this episode, feel free to subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend or family member that's looking to get their body back to what it once was. Thanks again and have a great day.